Welcome back to the Storm Cellar. This is Brad Ray is here. We have a special guest today who I will let Ray introduce. But as always, Ray, how are you feeling about uh, the past week or so? Uh, that kind of says gonna, it all. Yeah. Well, well put. Sir. Yeah, I, I don't think I really need to say too much more uh, nerves to say the least. Other than that, I'm doing great. And we're always better, the two of us, when we have guests that join us in the Storm Cellar. Truth. And today, uh, joining us is Sean Dickinson. Uh, Sean, thank you very much for joining us. We certainly appreciate having more Kaniacs and, and jerks uh, in here with us to, to talk hockey and talk our beloved Canes. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I hope you two are. I appreciate the invite. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. You know, um, we always, uh, we like to, to roll out the welcome mat here for the guests and give them the floor to tell us how they became a Kaniac. Do they have favorite, uh, moments, favorite players, give us the whole rundown on the fandom for Sean Dickinson. Oh, sure. Uh, and again, thank you, uh, both for the invite here. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun time. I'm excited. Um, but basically, I'm, you know, it's not that exciting a story. I'm originally from North Carolina, but my family is all from upstate New York. So the Binghamton area. So mm-hmm. you have some Broome County Dusters fans up that way. And so when when Eric Cole hit the team, and I'll, I'll give you a, a backstory on how long I've been a fan. But when Eric Cole, Cole hit the team and he's from Oswego, New York, everyone's like, where's Oswego, New York? And my mom eloquently puts it, oh, yeah, that's that's nuclear city up there. He's lucky he wasn't born with three eyes. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a little backstory on Oswego, New York. But um, but no, I um, being from North Carolina, I wasn't really exposed to hockey as, as a child. Now, my mom, my uncle, my grandmother, they had been hockey fans. Not huge. I hate to say it. They're, they were Pittsburgh Penguins fans. Being we up that see way. that a lot yeah a lot <laughs> and uh, they apologize for it constantly uh, but now <laughs> all of them 100 canes fans couldn't care less about penguins or anyone else so that's great but um you know i we 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 heard the news stories we were kind of listening when hey carolina's getting a new team hartford's moving down hey fantastic you know we don't have anything like that we don't have pro hockey. I've never seen a hockey game personally. So, you know, the, the Greensboro days were a little far for me personally, being from the sort of Raleigh area, the outskirts of Raleigh, that would have been quite a haul. So at me being only 36 now, also it was a time where I'm not exactly self-sufficient. So uh, unless <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. a ride, you know, I can't really get out that way. Sure. But I want to say 98, 99. My mom goes, hey, let's, you want to you go to a hockey game? And everyone's pretty much, yeah, why not? I've never seen one live. I, you know, I've seen it on TV, but the TV product in 98 was not the way the TV product is today. Yeah. So <clears throat> hard to watch. It was very hard to watch. They still had the little streak when the puck would get hit, you know, and, and the little, the the little tricks and stuff they were trying <laughs> to do on TV. It was horrible. But um, so I'm like, yeah, sure, of course. And, and remember, 98, 99, it wasn't a great team. We were, we were in the playoffs, but it wasn't. It wasn't the success that we see now. So, you know, that's very exciting. But I go and I'm hooked. I mean, we're maybe middle of the lower bowl. You start to see the hits, the speed of the game. And I am instantly sucked in, just cannot stop watching. So interesting story. We, we do like a little mini game pack, like maybe a little 10 pack because we enjoyed it so much. And I believe uh, after that 10 game plan, we bought some playoff ticket. If we made the playoffs at that time, and I think 98, 99, we did because this is when we started the rivalry with New Jersey in the playoffs. This is when, you know, the, the Scott Stevens hit on Shane Willis. Yes. Later in the, you know, later on there was the hit against Ron Francis concussed them both. Uh, So yeah, you, you learn at an early age who to hate and the New Jersey devils were definitely the first hatred that I ever had in the NHL. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's that's when I, you know, joined, that's when I joined the Hurricanes, uh, I go bandwagon, even though, like I said, we weren't that great a team at the time, but a playoff team, you know, respectable. <clears throat> so 
at that point, you know, we, we get the little 10 game pack. And, and from that point on, you know, until the economy took a downturn, season ticket holders. So for me, we went from 98, 99, a few games to the entire next season. And then the entire Stanley Cup final run in, in 0102. And that's where most of my memories are going to be from, because unfortunately, by the time we get to 06, I no longer had season tickets, you know, life changes, et cetera, et cetera. And a little regrettable, but 0102 was still magical for us, you know, because it was, we didn't oh, yeah. have a hundred some points that season. We weren't expected to be there. You know, it was, uh, and it was, we gave, believe it or not, five games, but we gave a, a stacked Detroit team all they could handle. I mean, the triple overtime game, if that goes the other way, the series could have turned. But unfortunately, the oldest guy on the ice scores, <laughs> scores the game-winning goal in the third overtime. Man, oh man, what a! I, I got to tell you that whole that whole cup run was great because uh, we had what were the series that one? It was, it was was it New Jersey first, and then Montreal, and then Toronto, and Almost. then oh no, no what was so, that? What, you're what, you're what, talking what about two thousand two? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Canadi- it, I'm sorry, no, you're right. I'm, for two thousand two, yeah, Devils, Canadians, Leafs, Swings, yeah, because in I mean, in 2002, that's the miracle at Molson. Yes. That's Eric Cole. Shout out to Blinkos. Oh, my God. (laughs) And and Eric Cole, who is one of my favorite players all time for the Hurricanes. I remember him scoring that one goal in front of the net and turning around. And Doug Gilmore is standing there, staring him down. And he's just got his arms in the air, just standing at him. Staring at us. That was glory, glorious. Face. I I loved everything about him, and uh, especially putting it to the Habs, the team that shall not be named. Normally, yeah. and you know how I am with them. Um, that was that was fantastic. Beating the Leafs. I mean, the I Hurricanes. The yeah, the Hurricanes friggin' blew through Canada. Like a, a cool summer breeze is what that that playoff series was like. It was unbelievable, Absolutely. and and the triple overtime game. Oh man, I, I left the arena at one a.m. Yep, I and so Sean, you were there, 1 1 so you can back me up. I've never, not just in hockey, I've never heard anywhere in my life as quiet as that arena got when that oh, goal was scored. It just there was some elation from the detroit fans Absolutely. and then it was just dead and you you could just see people were like that that didn't have like that's not how this ends like you no. could just you could look around and see them everybody's faces it was it was I, i'm kind of with you sean the 2006 run will always have a special place in my heart but i have more memories and i think because it was really our first taste of real success i have more yes. memories and more things about that 2002 right. run I remember sitting at Blinko's with a uh, listener of the show and, and one of my best friends, Brad Carpenter, uh, and his wife, Sean. We were at Blinko's watching the Miracle Molson uh, right there on, I think they were on Glenwood at the time. Uh, yes. Marty Jelena scores. Absolutely. Uh, against Toronto, I was on Cape Cod. I was out of town for that one. And I remember at the time, uh, it's, a, it's a family place on the, on the Cape. And they normally, by that time, have cut off cable access and internet and all those things. But I said, oh, we're going to be up there. Like I'll pay the cable bill for the month. Please to keep the cable it on. Connected Please so I can leave watch the hot game. And they were like, "Yeah, so <laughs> it's I, the playoffs. Come on." I, I was laying on the floor, like four inches from the TV, like just you couldn't pull myself away. So the 2002 Cup run for me, I think, yes. was more memorable in some ways because it was really prior to that we had two first round exits right. uh, in '99 and 2001, and then you know you win 35, you go 35, 26, uh, 16, and five that season but then take it to Detroit and then win right. game one in Detroit when you were expecting right. to get swept. Right. I'm with you. That, that there was something really special about 2002. Yeah. And, uh, and to go back to the third game, a triple overtime, which you were saying, yes, absolutely. That goal gets scored. Um, what's that? Igor Larionov, the oldest guy on the ice, uh, yeah. 40-some years old at the time. But, no, you're absolutely right. So you could hear a pin drop when that goal was scored. And, and it's funny because, you know, with a playoff game, there's the peaks and valleys. And this game was, I mean, it was tied for almost another entire game. So you get to overtime and then you literally are in the third period of overtime where, you know, it's a full period, 20 minute OT periods. 
and it's 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 so deflating because you have the rises, the excitement, everything. You know, it's a playoff game, the atmosphere. And then when you deflate an entire arena like that, you're absolutely right. It is it it, it was incredible on the bad side of things. It was it was incredibly bad to just deflate an entire arena all at once. Just you know, yeah. And you know, the one thing about that, about that cup run, and I think being from the uh, way outside as a hurricane fan, you know, in Alberta, kind of watching it from afar, following it very closely, that cup run actually gave a, a real sense of legitimacy for the move to Raleigh from Hartford. A lot of people said, well, why, why the hell are they going to Raleigh? Yeah. What, what do they know about what, hockey? What, what, what do they know about hockey? And right. it was highly critical and people didn't like it. And, and so they get into the playoffs, which was great, but it kind of solidified the, the strength of the franchise when they can go to a cup final and not just go to a cup final, but beat, two original six teams along the way it was it was it made it more it made it seem to make it more real now you know sure there's been long droughts of not being in the playoffs at all and there's an ebb and flow to the number of fans in the stands that go with that you know what i mean like it's it's understandable, but there was a solidifying of the legitimacy of the of the move because the fans even back then, and Brad's heard me say it. I know you've heard me say it, Sean. This uh, game seven in 2006, where the fans did not use their seats the entire game. Incredible! It Never was a, like it, it was a display. It was a display of the fandom that no one really understood or saw. But it it began in that cup run in 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 2001 2002 like that first cup run against detroit you're absolutely right you could see how how ingrained it was how great the fans were and how great it could continue to be and how it is now yeah and a hot take is it's not that hot it's not super controversial but i honestly think that if you don't have that cup run in 0102, you, you may not win the cup in 06 because it gave you even not just for fans, but for the team, for ownership, management, etc. You want more. You get to the dance and you lose in five games. And, and if I remember correctly, that was when then owner Peter Carmanos goes, okay, we're gonna spend to the cap. We're gonna, you know, make the moves you need to make. JR, let's get this thing rolling. We need to get back there. And you know, it took four years, but they did it. And, you know, of course there's peaks and valleys and no cup is easy, but for some reason that 016, you just, you just had, it was different. You had that faith. It wasn't, we're just nice to be here. Like in 0102, it's we're here and we're going to win. Yeah, we're absolutely going to win. And no, you're right. That game seven, I couldn't be there, but man, even on TV, even, even on television, I was actually at a local, at a local bar in Raleigh. We were watching the game that way, just cause it's, fun to be in an atmosphere you know and it's game seven you you just the closest thing you can get to being in the game apologies um so yeah no you're you're absolutely right the legitimacy from the 0102 cup run hey we're the new team in town but also you know we're legit we're here we can win playoff series we can beat the best that you have and and we came up short but you go take a look at that Detroit team they weren't going to be denied that year There, there was no way there was no way you were going to well, that, that might have been one of the best teams of all time. It yeah. absolutely could be. I mean, I mean, they stacked. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that that was kind of a super team right there. There's no mistake. My my cousin Greg, who is a diehard Detroit fan, even when they were just miserable, terrible, awful, he loved that team. I felt I actually that was one where uh, on a personal level, I felt good for him. I was glad that it was. It was the Canes in Detroit, and of course, I wanted the Hurricanes to win. But you look at that squad; it was man, ooh, it was fierce. And, up and, and down the lineup, look, yeah, up and down that lineup. I, uh, much like it, much like a few other teams that we're seeing this year, including our very own. Up and down the lineup, they got their solid players, but they were even 
even better, like more, more on a talent level. It was just elite, all world type players. You know, it was, it was amazing. Um, Sean, I got to ask you, uh, you mentioned, you, you talked about Eric Cole and the, the, the comment about the three eyes that totally made me laugh. Did you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite fan? Is, is, is there an all-time favorite? Who is your all-time favorite and who's your favorite on the squad right now? So all-time, uh, of course, I joined in, in 98, 99. Uh, that would be number 92, Jeff O'Neill. That, you know, Eye of the Storm. Yo, that dog. Same, that's right. That See, that's same, a hot take. <laughs> really? I, I think that's a little bit of a hot take anyway. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever met. So I, 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 real quick, and I'll let you finish. Sure. Um, I, I've met Jeff at a bunch of season ticket holder events. Um, kind of a prick. And since <laughs> leaving the Canes. Yeah, you know, like, I am not, not, not a big to argue that. You know, point. Not, uh, so I don't know. Just just throwing that out there. It's uh, it's unusual. Is. As good as he was for the Canes, it's just an unusual thing. for. I, I don't know how many people that, that I can say would say Jeff was their favorite player. Um, and and he probably deserves more credit than we give him because of his attitude. Some, so I, right. I just I, I, you might be the first person I know who said Jeff was my favorite player. He absolutely um, which, was my which favorite surprised player. Surprised me some. So yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Up and down. There's no one, that, and, and he he remains one of my favorite players. But you're absolutely right. I, but you know what? I, I please don't take this as a hot take right here, right? And he was talented, not in the way of the player I'm about to mention. But how many people are just absolutely Michael Jordan was the best player ever. He was my favorite. No one can tell me otherwise. And that dude, I've never seen him not be a prick in public. Honestly, I've never seen Michael Jordan not be a prick in public. Now, I am not in any way saying that Jeff O'Neill is to hockey what Michael Jordan is to basketball. Right, but, right. But it's that same kind of thing. He, he, the way he played, I loved it. It was a physical guy, at least for first half of his career right <laughs> let's get that out of the way uh physical guy goal scorer to me and i met him once and he was super nice that's the funny thing the first time i met jeff o'neill at a season ticket holder event signed my jersey took a picture with me super nice guy now absolutely i have seen instances both with his teammates and with other public uh <clears throat> other members of the public yeah he's a prick um you know it, and infamously, during those times after that cup run, when when things weren't so great, he called out his coach to the local media. He called out Paul Maurice to the local media, um, saying that he was an expletive joke, um, the bag skate that they got. So, I mean, he he wrote his own history as far as his exit, um, being traded to Toronto, et cetera, et cetera. He wrote that history. It, it wasn't a good thing. And then I believe, you know, the tragedy of his brother dying then uh, kind of led to the end of his career after uh after going to toronto because i believe after toronto he had a a tryout here and he just didn't have he just didn't have it anymore whatever and, that is and to give jeff some credit uh to speaking of 2002 in toronto game three 2002 against toronto boom the black guy he becomes yeah, the, the quote, eye of the hurricane right yep. a full props man for for playing with one heck of a shiner good yeah Lord. he I don't, he could there's no way you could see out of that that yeah, thing he was, was nasty. No, no depth perception. There's That's no way. Nasty. That was one oh, of the nastiest man. swollen black eyes I've ever seen. But yeah, I mean, Jeff O'Neill was my favorite. Um, of course, that was short lived. Um, but you know, during that time, you got the Iron Man, as we called him, uh, Rod Brendamore. He, how can he not be a fan favorite everywhere you oh, go? Man. I have friends that are from Philly that are from that area that still love Rod Brendamore. I've never seen a more universally loved player. I mean, of course, other teams have them, but for us, the most universally, I mean, you do get Penns fans and some other fans that really love Ron Francis, but for us, it's it's definitely Rod Brendamore, uh, universally loved. And now as a coach, you're seeing it too, just universally loved, and nobody has anything bad to say about Rod Brendamore. And we say it often, he, Rod Brendamore should be a Hall of Famer. Oh, in, in, don't get me, don't uh, get me on, why, I will get why, on my soapbox over that. I will get on my soapbox. You got the Sedine twins and et cetera. Brenda Moore has more goals. Brenda Moore, I mean, even stats. And, and, and a lot of things, Brenda Moore, his value to the team is immeasurable in stats. But even in stats, he's killing some of the guys that are getting in. So yeah. it's, yeah. It's, Ray, that's an idea for the offseason. Uh, an, an hour on why Rod Brenda Moore should be in the Hall of Fame. 
uh, we That's could do two, th- we could do two, three hours. We'll make that happen. And we've got Sean to thank for it. So thank you. You're pro- helping provide uh, you know, programming for us in, in the weeks to come. Who's your, who's your guy now? You know, uh, Svetch. Svetch is my guy now. Um, but I go. do have a, sm- I do have a soft spot in my heart for, for Marty Natchez and this, especially with the season that he's having everyone knows especially him that it's not the season he'd like to have it's not the season his team wants him to have and it's certainly not the team that the the fans want to see him have but uh the season the fans want to see him have but i got faith i know you've dangled him out there as trade bait a couple times i, I listened to the podcast but um, only because he's good not not right. because it's, it's not a, a change yeah, of scenery thing it's, 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 yeah he's not cannon fodder he's he's good he's maybe right. just this isn't the right place for him but but you're right i have 100 percent done that and after the trade deadline, he really came alive there for a few right. games, which is like, this is what we're hoping you'll become. So, so for, for Natchez in particular, I liken this season to Svetch's last year. It wasn't great. It is a contract year for Natchez. We're going to get off his ELC, get him on a hopefully a long-term contract. I, I think these guys like Svetch last year, just he's putting more pressure on himself than we could ever put on him. And I just, I don't think he's responding well to it. I don't think Svetch had near as good a season as he could have last year. Dumb penalties and just, you know, stretches the games disappearing. Kind of like Natchez is now. Maybe just Natchez is a little a little more noticeable and a little more invisible. But oh, great know, point. The, the talent is all there. It's just uh We've pointed it out. We've pointed yeah. it out so many times. He's got he's got uh, quick quick hands, quick feet. He, he I mean he uh, he's got great, he has got some great sight of the ice and he can make some great passes when he's not dropping the puck back to no one. Yeah. But turning it over. He, yeah. When he's not turning it over, he, the, he's got, he's got all of the tools and he just, if you, if he can form them all together, bring the whole toolbox to every game, that's what we're looking for. Um, Okay. Let's let's get into it. We've got a lot to talk about. We want to get through this and and get going here. Uh, first things first. Uh, we've kind of stunk the last fifteen games. We've lost nine of the last fifteen. Uh, two of the last. Oh, sorry, we're two and two three and three in the last, last five. five. Yeah. One and three in the final last four. Um, this is not what we've been used to all season long. What what's going on? Oh, no, that's exactly it. Um, There's a couple things for me. You know, at the beginning of this nasty run, it was we're playing the right way. We're just not seeing the results. We're not filling the net. I don't like that to start, but here lately it's been we haven't played well. You know, the beginning of this is we're playing exactly the way we want to play. We just can't find the back of the net, et cetera. And slowly but surely that's turned into we didn't show up for this one. You know, oh, we didn't have our best game. We didn't. Okay, are they linked? Are we, are we in a in a situation where we're getting dejected because we're not getting the results and it's affecting our play? Me personally, we can speculate on all day. I I know that this isn't acceptable in professional sports. I don't think they have a lot to play for. To be completely honest, they're in. They they know they're probably not going to compete with Florida right now, who is on fire. Um, yeah, they're great for for the President's Trophy. Um, I think there's a little bit of motivational problem. And I know you shouldn't see that in professional sports, but we do. And, you know, a game like a game, like we just saw, you don't want to see, you know, this, this gas thing. It's the second time in three weeks that Brendan Moore has come out and said, my team is gas. And what I worry about the most is, is are we gassed all the time now? Did we have this ridiculously great start to the season? and run through the middle of the season where we were destroying everyone to, well, the guys are just kind of out of gas now. And I don't want to believe that, but it slowly seems like we're teetering a little bit on, on the downswing of things. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's just kind of, it's kind of hard to, to put your finger on um, for me. Brad, Brad, do you, do you think, I don't know what Sean does for a living, but do you think he's into espionage? Because he was clearly reading my texts to you during the last game. Are you serious? Where where my first question to him was, yeah, 
aghast or indifferent? Which one are they? And the fact that you brought that up, Sean, that is exactly we, we, we were trying to decide that game against the Islanders. Were they gassed or were they just indifferent? That and didn't for, look like a gas to me. To, yeah, it, it didn't, did it? Oh, and, 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 you know, well, yeah, they, they, look. We've seen gas. They stunk, in, in they stunk in the first, there it is, yeah, and, <laughs> and Brad's showing it to you, it's yeah. exactly there. Were they gassed um, or indifferent, question mark? My answer was yes. Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> They're a, a, a little column A, a little column B. Look, the game in, in Buffalo, they, Buffalo was taking it to them. And the fact that the Hurricanes swept back and just dominated the third, the second and the third period and won the game Shows going you away. The are still, it show, it, exactly. Of, it hey, showed we can dominate this when we want to. Okay? Exactly. I'm with you and I can't I, decide which one it is. Are, are they I, slow or are they just meh? And I was trying to wonder if they, if they just burned themselves out, you know, doing the comeback and getting them out, they just burn itself out with all that effort. And then they come back and they are gassed because they put so much effort and so much, uh, uh, just skill and talent. They just put it all together, a real dominance. And, and Brad, you're wanting to jump in, jump in because this is, I, I, I just couldn't decide. I couldn't decide. I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt of gassed, but what I was seeing on the ice seemed indifferent. Brad, what do you think? I, I think my initial kind of flippant response to you of yes is more true than I realized when I thought about it. Because looking back to March, right? You have back to back Capitals Penguins and then Seattle, three games in four days. Then a week and a half later, back to back Toronto, Washington, New York, you know, so a back to back followed up by three and four. Then you have St. Louis, Washington, Tampa Bay, three and four. So this, I think it was the second hardest March schedule of any NHL team. Then we get into, you know, uh, into April, we got a back and back. So this is one, two, three, that's four back to backs. I think it's six weeks. And as of today, those four back to backs became three, you know, three games in four days. That's just brutal. The rest of the schedule is a game every other day, except for the 19th and 20th, you have a two day break. So no more practices. Um, They've already, they're done with practice for the year. No more back-to-backs. you got a game every other day with that exception of April 19th and 20th. You have a two-day break after Arizona. So I, I think being gassed is some of it, and not so much that they just can't do it, but it falls into we're number one in the Metro. we got a game in hand on New York. We have two games remaining against New York, right? So we, we, as long as we win those two games, that puts, that's really four-point swings, right? Like those two games are much bigger than, say, an Islanders game, a Ducks game, a Buffalo game. So I think we're seeing a little bit of both. I think I would like to see Anderson sit a little more. Uh, I'd like to see Agreed. Ronta play a little, you know, let Ronta be kind of the number one guy for, you know, let, let Ronta play two-thirds of the remaining games, you know, maybe, a little, maybe 60%, just to, Give Freddie a little more rest because that has been his potential Achilles heel moving to the playoffs is that he wears out. We can afford to give him some rest. Yeah. And at this point, you're, you're kind of right. And I don't know if it's apathy so much as right now we are tied with the Rangers at 100 points with a game in hand. They beat the Ducks today. We're up by two points. If we don't, then whoever wins Tuesday night is in the lead. We're beating the Ducks today. Right now, if the playoffs start today, we play Tampa Bay. I'm not scared Which of them we can win. this year. We can yeah, win. I'm not scared of them this year. Yeah, uh, Tampa has not looked great lately. Mm-mm. But if but if right now, if we let the Rangers take first in the Metro, we take second, we play Boston. Who I'm not scared of them either. Is, in my opinion, a much easier team. I don't the, disagree with I'm that. Not, I, we'll beat either I of those teams. Yeah, I think I tell you the right question now. becomes, who is more likely to throw an elbow, a body, right. a, you know. Washington. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Washington would be first, but luckily Jeez, it yeah. looks like I don't think Washington can catch Tampa or so I think I think Florida Washington's a lock. Yeah, it looks. But like if it. I have to play Boston and Tampa, and I'm thinking I'm thinking second round. Boston is gonna because they're just older and slower. They're just gonna probably you're gonna be less likely to take an injury because Tampa Bay I think has shown at least against the Canes they have no problem you know throwing a forearm out there. They have no problem dropping a guy to the ice. 
in a, in a questionable hit. So you're you're right about that. Um, I, you know, I I don't think Rod thinks that way. I mean, that, as fans, we have the luxury of thinking that way. Right. But winning the Metro isn't necessarily in our best interest. Right. Unless things change. That being said, Boston has a much harder schedule than Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay's going to move up, and I think Boston will be wild card one. So I think we do want to win the Metro. Um, but you know, see, see it was my my stance is my stance uh, uh, as it's really always been for most teams is you finish that regular season as high in the standings as you can to get that home ice advantage. And especially for the hurricanes who have a fantastic record at home who play very well. And the fans can fuel that team when they're gassed, the fans can provide the fuel. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that's the, they can give them that jump. Um, that was, I was going to throw the slide that in as a, an extra topic here, Brad, was the importance of the Metro. Is it more than what we think it is? But you beat me to it. So I'm, I, we're in, in sync here thinking yeah, about I, how, home how ice, I think, is a big one. And, home ice is huge. And, and to, to, to throw more fuel on the fire of the, you know, is it gassed or indifference? Since March 1st, 13 for 20 on the power play. Hmm. Excuse me. We've scored on the power play 13 out of 20 times. So in 20 games, we have 13 games with power play points. So we're not 13 for 20. That'd be amazing. I'd be happy. Right, I was be like, fantastic. that's great. What are we saying? In, in the, in, in <laughs> no, the, in yeah. the 20 yeah. games since March 1st, we have scored on the power play 13 in 13 of those games. Oh, for in the last four, you got one against a Montreal team who is playing better, but is nowhere close to you. Yeah. Then you go oh for a couple of games. Then you get, you know, you, you score one against St. Louis in which you had seven goals. Like, that feels like that's just your night, right? You were going to score yeah. anyway. You know, you get one on against Dallas. You get one against Tampa Bay. Those are legit. Uh, then you go over for six games. You got two against Seattle, who is not good. Sorry, I'm not really too worried about those. They're not. Uh, you get one against Pittsburgh. That's legit. You go over when you get shut out by Washington. And you get one against Detroit. So of those 13 games that they scored a power play goal in out of those 20, three of those games are against teams that you should just destroy anyway. Right. Right. So the power play percentage, on it looks good. It's like 23%. It looks good on paper. But we're not scoring power play goals in games in any meaningful way. You're absolutely right. And the flip side of that, when we go back to talking about Boston or Tampa, have you seen what Tampa does to our great number one in the NHL penalty kill? Three out of four. I Tampa destroyed game. our penalty kill. Yeah. That they was... did not score a five-on-five goal that game. There was the power play, four-on-four. They did not score a five-on-five goal in that game. Tampa. And that's Which... one reason I'm not scared of them, other than we keep taking dumb penalties. Yeah, yeah we take We've a lot of bad, bad penalties for sure. No question. And, and so... Uh, looking at the power play, what I've noticed is a inability to establish the offensive zone for any length of time in the games where they struggle, they just cannot get the, into the offensive zone and gain control of the puck. Once they do gain control of the puck, the, the, uh, I don't know, the creativity just doesn't seem to be there. You know what I mean? They've got one. They've got one play that works beautifully, and it's magical when you see it. It's a pass from the defend defense at the at the point. They'll throw it down to the below uh, below the net, and then there's an immediate one time pass into the slot for Aho, who's usually standing where Ovechkin is, and he will just blister a great shot. And when they go in, they look glorious like the tic-tac-toe and it's it's perfect right but that has been so few and far between lately and the connections just aren't there the passes i it's been it's been a struggle and and uh they're losing puck battles in the corners right trying to establish it they and and really what teams are doing is they've essentially taken the playbook from the hurricanes penalty kill and turned it on the canes Pressure. Because they put any amount of pressure on our guys, 
and we cough up the puck and we're chasing it down at the other end. You know what I mean? Like that's just how it goes. Zone entry has been, been a real struggle and we'd like to see more of that coming up tonight uh, against Anaheim and especially against new New York, the Rangers. That is a must win game. Um, We like to uh, have some fun here on the program and uh, a little um, segment that we like to call uh, hurricane storm or depression. We hadn't done it for a couple of weeks, Sean, uh, you're joining us now, and I thought, why not? Let's let's bring this back into the fold here. Uh, who? Well, wh- where do you want to start? Do you want to start at the worst and finish strong, or do you want to be with your hurricane down to depression? Which way do you want to go? I feel you like we should choose. get the ugly out of the way first. Get right? the ugly can, out of the way. We can finish Sounds good on a. We can finish on a good note. Who is the who or what? Who or what is the tropical depression? So my Other. tropical depression, um, unfortunately, you know, he's he's struggled quite a bit, and it may not be completely his fault, but that would have to be Ethan Bear. Um, the whole season. Uh, so let me preface this by saying Ethan Bear, when we when we got him for Fogel, I thought that was the steal. I thought that was the steal of the offseason. That was the move of the offseason. I was incredibly excited about that this has the potential he has the potential to be a top four guy we got him for fogel which is you know a depth guy you know there was a lot of interest surrounding well fogel could really be you know a better player he could be higher in your lineup but you guys are stacked he he really hasn't been um so that's okay no no qualms for for fogel I, i loved him as a hurricane but we got ethan bear everything was i was excited because i felt like this is a guy with great potential you know how valuable defensemen are we got him for a depth player. Let's go. He he was playing great hockey before he went out with COVID. And ever since then, it's been it's been a roller coaster since then. Uh, basically, early in the season, and and I get it. Everybody looked good early in the season, right? For the most part, because we were firing on all cylinders. But no, I really thought his game was trending in the right direction. Bam, he goes down with COVID, and he's had a couple other little injury scares. But, you know, going right back, I kind of would have had this keyed up even if last game didn't happen. But he kind of was the reason for the Islanders' first goal. I mean, he choked it up right behind his own net. And bam, bam, it's a goal. And you're playing from behind. I don't want to be too hard on the guy because just like, you know, all the Kukunyemi, uh stuff coming out of Montreal, give the kid a break. He's still very young. But, yeah, he, I don't know who he is yet. Um Ethan Bear as a player. I haven't made my mind up. I've seen flashes of what he could be, and he's. But I think even he would say he's not having this that he'd like to. I think that's more than fair. I I think a lot of it too. When I notice Ethan's play, when he players with Slavin, Slavin obviously picks up his partner because he's Jacob Slavin. Right. But he and Slavin look amazing together for several games. And I don't know if it's maybe injuries or something. Um, but you know, yeah, Bear Shea. Uh, TDA, you know, all those guys have looked, I don't want to say suspect, but they've all had their moments where you kind of wonder what they're thinking lately. Now, well, see, I was, I was, uh, if, if I'm looking at Ethan Bear, I I just see the, I just see the injuries as being, being the key because, uh, and, and where he plays, and I think Brad, you you probably hit that right on the head as far as Bear goes. When he plays with Slavin, there's that uh, solid anchor that allows Bear to cut to the net on those backdoor plays to uh, pinch. He pinches at great opportunities that can provide things. But but Sean, you were also right that he a, a little bit of a forecheck and he. Uh, ended up coughing up, coughing up the puck that led to the goal. The, the turnovers have have killed this entire team the whole way. Um, yeah, I, Ethan Bear, Ethan Bear, that that's a that's a fair one. Yeah. Um, are, Brad, Brad, do you want to go next? You want me to go next? How do we want to do this? Uh, I can go next. Uh, go ahead. Fire this away. Will not, this will only be controversial in that I'm naming 23 guys. Uh, our our Zone entries and zone exits 
depress me fairly consistently now. That's that's my tropical depression. Um, neutral zone turnovers, oh. offensive zone turnovers. You know, trying to gain the zone offensive line turnovers have absolutely led to so many goals lately. I can't even keep count. Um, that to me has been problematic. I don't know if it's this kind of goes back. Is this lethargy? Is this being gassed? Like, what is this? But um, passing, not crisps, making bad decisions. Uh, we mentioned Natchez earlier. It, you know, if I see one more drop past the nobody, the offensive line that leads to a two on one going <laughs> of the way, I'm going to drive to Raleigh and speak with men <laughs> and, and talk to the man. So for me, it is all about real zone exits would be my principal issue. Um, we've had a really tough time lately. If it feels like with zone exits um, and then neutral zone and zone entries and, and turnovers at the offensive line. That's I, I, that that's for almost everybody on the team. I can't think of anybody who's like, give it to Mr. Dependable right now. Yeah, yeah no, that's fair. And you know what, uh, Brad, I'll, I'll allow a little more cross-pollination. The, the exits, the, uh, the defensive zone exits, and the struggles that they're having there, more cross-pollination to basketball. To me, the worst mistake that teams make is allowing offensive rebounds. And that is the exact, I mean, that's the exact equivalent in my mind to the failures to exit the defensive zone quickly when and and crisply and with you know what i mean like getting the puck out and moving it forward that when you're giving these teams extra chances like if they gain the zone they get one shot get the puck out you know what i mean like get the puck out and if you can't get it out because of the forecheck that's coming or because you can't get those passes tape to tape those are going to turn into turnovers and you'll find them in the back of the twine. And, you know, our goaltending has been able to save us most nights, but there's times where the turnovers are so egregious that the opportunities for the opposition to score are just triple A. When you turn it over into a one-on-none. Yeah. That's and the goalie just, doesn't stop it. It's not the goalie's fault. No, it's no. never the goalie's fault. So that's a that's a that's a great selection. I can't argue, and it just like I said, it reminds me of offensive rebounds in basketball. What well, about another you? one? Yeah, go for it. If I have if I have one, I, and I gotta, he stole it, your kind of everyone. No, no, he, no. He no stole, I no. He that threw them all under the bus. Yeah, equally. He, he stole the easy one, right? I just wanted to name a player. That's a great one, and, and that's a great, and that's why we say either a player or an aspect, right? Because there's lots of sure. things. Um, to me, as far as the depression goes, and I hate saying it because you dig them, and you've already talked about them. It's it's Natchez, Natchez right now. Uh, there was. In the Islander, I think it was the Islander game. No, it was the I think it was the Buffalo game. The cro- the offensive zone cross check that he laid on that one guy that Brutal. put him into the net, just an un unthinking. And I t- I met, I texted Brad immediately and said, if I'm Rod, he doesn't see the ice again until the third period. Like I I was furious. That is. You know, offensive zone penalties are just, you know, we've we've heard Trip Tracy listening to games and stuff like that. You hear him say, oh, you know what? Offensive zone penalties, you know, you're being aggressive and sometimes sometimes they just happen and stuff. But th- that, that one it. was I- inexcusable, inexcusable. You can't, that is just not. We've got a great penalty kill. We don't have to keep proving it every bloody right. night. Right. At every opportunity, we've got a great one. Guys, don't put it to the test anymore. Give them a break. And 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 that was one for me that was just an egregious play. But Natchez, the other one was, and I mentioned this to Brad in the text as well. As you can get, Brad and I text each other a lot during games. Didn't notice. How in the world did he miss that open net? How? Yeah. That I I told Brad immediately. I would have missed <laughs> that. I can do that. Right. He has got unbelievable skill and talent. 
the goaltender didn't make so much the save as, I mean, he didn't even oh, he know the him. puck was there. Nate just hit him. He didn't make yeah, a save. Nate just hit did. him with the puck. The puck. <laughs> Sorokin the, was just, the, Sorokin. You, if you watch, the puck hits Sorokin's pad, and then Sorokin's like, "What hit yeah. me?" He's surprised. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally surprised. Like, where was that? Is, that? is that where the puck was? Like, oh, it's not in the net. So fantastic. I was, I was stunned. And we've and all of us, we're hockey fans. We've seen worse missed open nets. Absolutely. We've all seen worse, but far like worse me. than what that was. Because that was on a cross-ice pass on a one-timer. Sometimes the stick breaks, whatever. I mean, we see those things where a guy's like two feet from the front of the net. All he has to do is nudge the puck and it's in and they miss, right? So those things happen. But this was just on a night where that indifference was taking place. It could have been, it happened so early in the game. It could have changed the whole feel of the game. They score on that one. It would have changed the whole feel of the game. You're right. In a different different vein yeah. altogether. And earlier and I drew the struggling. comparisons to Svechnikov last year. And, and the penalty is the same thing. Yes, it's inexcusable to take that offensive zone penalty for cross-check. But we were saying the same thing about Svech last year. So I don't want to give Natchez a pass, right, because he should be doing better. But that is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. When I say Svech last year had this kind of season, those things right there. Because I know last year – we were screaming about dumb penalties from from Svech. And I, I think you're on to something, Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's call you Mike. Sean. Um, so My middle name is Michael. It's for, okay. Oh, okay. Everybody might know, but maybe newer folks don't. The opening of an NHL regulation net, six feet wide, four feet tall. Nate just had four feet high and five feet of net to hit. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It wasn't a little bit of net. It was wide open. It was all of it. I think Sean might be right in that in, in the week after the trade deadline, Marty Natchez does not get moved. Little pressure's off. Six points. Yeah. Since then, do either of you want to guess how many points he has since uh, March 29th? Three. I think Way only too one. high. Whoa. I think only one. Way too high. Yeah, he, he's been off. I, I he's thought he might have had a second. I thought he might have had a secondary assist somewhere. He's an O for since March 29th. So the yeah, I mean, trade deadlines, like, the what, 21st, 22nd, he played really well for a week. Pressure's lifted. And I don't know if he's in his head again or what, uh, but nothing. I mean, when you score a goal and you do the invisible monkey off your backfield, you just let everyone in the world know how much you were struggling. I know it was kind of fun and it was cute and all when he did it, but you just let everyone in the world know that you were in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he needs? Uh, would would you would you give him time in the press box? No. I'll tell you what's See? not helping, and it's not it's not it's not his fault. And I really hate to be Rod Brennamore is a genius, but Natchez is hardly ever on the same line game to game. He really gets moved up and down the lineup, and that a lot is his doing. It really is. So I can't. I can see it both ways, though, right? This earlier in the year, Cook and Yemi was the same was the same way until he he found a home on that on that fourth line, centering that fourth line, and suddenly we're going to move everyone around him. We've got him where we want him, and now we're going to move pieces around him. I think if maybe they did that with Natchez, it would help a little bit. But I'm not I'm not questioning the the reigning Jack Adams Award winner. I just I you know, I feel. I have apprehension in doing that. <laughs> put, putting Martinuk with Natchez, who also has zero points in the last few weeks, is is not helping anyone, Rod. No. I'm gonna give you some hot takes about some Martinuk. <laughs> See, for me, for me, like with Natchez, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind sitting him down if only uh, because he was playing fourth line minutes with Stepan and uh, Martinuk in the last game. He's playing fourth line minutes, fourth line, and then he would get onto the power play or whatever. Um, the, the thing that I would do is sit him and have Lorenz Martinook step on, on that fourth line, all energy guys, all four checkers, hard hitting, you know, that's kind of what we're looking for. Um, let's jump, let's jump. Um, Sean, we're going to change this up a little bit, a little, uh, just a tiny little bit. Instead of instead of uh, separating out the storm and then the hurricane, give us your storm and then your hurricane all at once. Like give a give give them both to us right away, and you don't have to go sure. first if you don't want to. Oh, I don't mind. We, we could put it on us, but fire away. 
Who's your Sorry. Storm? Who's your Hurricane? So storm, and this might be a bit of a hot take, but it's uh, Sebastian Ajo. And it's not because he's in any way having a bad season. I just think he has a little bit more to give to us. I don't think, especially down the stretch, that we've seen the best Sebastian Ajo. Now, what, what he has done really well is, is not extend a cold streak really too long. You know, he may have a lull, but then he picks it up. Or, you know, God forbid, he he grabs an empty net goal that kind of sets him back in place a little bit and then gets going the next game. But I still think our de facto leader in, on the offensive side of uh, the ice has a little bit more to give us, but he's not having a bad year. So that's why I, I line him up kind of right there in the middle. Now, for me, the hurricane is... Svechnikov, and there's a couple reasons for this. Uh, he is my favorite, but I can I can definitely back this up. So <clears throat> for me, yes, I would like to see him uh, score a few more goals, but the way his defensive game has come full circle and he's really filling out his complete game with a much better defensive effort, even year over year from, from last season to this season, Brendan Moore's not scared to put him out in, in those tough defensive situations anymore so yes i might like to see him score at a little bit better pace but i don't worry about any situation for him i think that he can kill penalties no problem i think that you can now put him out in those tough defensive situations and not really worry about the stupid penalties or the turnovers etc i think he's really rounded out his overall defensive game brad what do you think um <laughs> I don't want to go too broad because I almost was going to say the defense because of my pre, you know, my previous answer. Uh, I'm going to single out TDA. Um, TDA, uh, you know, if we go back into March, we're looking at like 13 points, I think, as of February from between February and, and now. Uh, if you jump ahead to, you know, and can't take out February, um, his production goes down by half, which includes a lot of injury time, but he just doesn't quite look the same um for people uh, tda obviously is is a is a hot topic in the room people tend to love him or hate him uh on this show we've we've said many times we're going to only talk about what is is what he's doing on the ice great policy and when i see people talk about what a great defender he is i have to wonder honestly how much of that is just rose tinted glasses because he's not a great defender he's just not no. he is a serviceable a serviceable defender in the NHL who can score points. The problem is right now, since March 1st, he's not scoring points. So uh, not entirely his fault. Uh, You know, I heard a lot and I do mean a lot of comments about how when TDA gets back from injury, no problem. Power play is going to pick up, going to keep, keep rolling. Uh, I think, I think we even talked numbers before Ray, or maybe in the last couple of weeks, power play with TDA. It's about 23%. Power play without TDA, it's about 23%. As ugly as it looks, I still can't believe it's that high looking at the overall numbers, but it seems to be a trend of the power play takes advantage of bad teams. And they should. And they should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, 100% they should. But, and there's a couple guys on defense that I think are storms. Like, you know, they're not playing terribly, but is TDA playing at anywhere the level he was to start the season? Not at all. But uh, is anybody? It, it, but true. So, it, you know, in fairness, I'm not defending him. Oh, yeah. No, because I think you're right. I but, do think you're right. But he's one of those people who, uh, it, you know, uh, people are already like, oh, you know, we need to sign him long term, six, seven, eight years. Well, if that's the case, A, a I don't think that's the right move regardless, because as they did with uh, with Peter Mrazek last year, one season does not a long contract make. Absolutely. Uh, I think Tony should fit into that mold. Uh, the fact is, I believe he's a UFA anyway at the end of the year. Um, so the Canes may or may not have a choice because if he has a great playoff, they may simply not be able to match because somebody may be willing to offer him big, big money long term. I, I think he's exactly what we, we got him for. And that was a replacement for Dougie Hamilton. So, no, you're absolutely right. It is a joke for anyone to go, oh, my goodness, look how good he is. Eventually, no. But it was the same thing with Dougie Hamilton. You, you, you get these guys on your team knowing they're a bit of a defensive liability, but they can put up points. For the million dollars, it's a great deal. You're absolutely right. He's not where he was. Yep. The only difference for me between Dougie Hamilton and Tony D'Angelo is D'Angelo does not shy away from physical play. That's literally the only difference in their game from my 
perspective. I, I, I agree. I, I see people who love one or the other and, and hate the other one as far as the on-ice stuff goes. And I'm like, they're the same guy. Yes, same like, guy. They it's are. the same people like myself who were like, I don't know why we have Sandus Ozilinch. I don't know why we traded for him. Oh. Not because he couldn't play, because he did not fit the style of hockey oh. that we were playing. It Sandals doesn't make sense. Ozilinch in a right? trap format. Yeah, no, so oh doesn't work. Yeah, uh, you know what? T- TDA is a puck distributor. He is a power play quarterback. He will be a guy that if you, every everything that we said about Dougie Hamilton's trying to sign him to a long-term deal where he would become, he would become a guy, maybe even like a PK Subban who is only used in certain opportunities. He is not someone you put on the ice all the day, dang time. You put him on for power play opportunities and his ability to distribute the puck. And he's got a great shot. Uh, you don't want to sign a long term for him. He he's not a great defenseman. Not great. He's made some good plays, and we got to give him the credit. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But we need more. We but need he's, more. He's not a great defenseman. No, no, no. And he never will be. No, that's not. Never will be. The hurricane. <laughs> My hurricane pick. Uh, I, I would almost say Andre. Uh, because this is his highest point total so far in his young career. He is playing out of his mind. Uh, I'm going to take a half a step back, and maybe this person is kind of, I think, maybe emerges my second favorite player on the team, uh, and that is Tevu Teravainen. Ah, I mean, good pick, good Turbo pick. has absolutely gone bananas with this year, um, I think, overall. Uh, 58 points so far uh, in 67 games played. You know, he's at a .87 point-per-game pace. Uh, he He's taken 51 minutes less penalties than Svech. Uh He's only taken 20 penalties or 20 penalty minutes the whole year. Um, so he's got two shorthanded goals, um, three game winners. Uh, it is a hard not to like Tuovo's game right now. Uh, Absolutely. He's, he's I think he's one of the few people the drink. who still is just playing well. And without him, I think we would be sunk. Can you guys correct me real quick? Um, I know we got Toivo from Chicago. Did he come over in the Brian Bickle trade, right? Wasn't no. he kind of an afterthought in that trade? He did, how, how? What trade was it we made that we got oh. him? Because I cannot it, remember. I thought it maybe you was guys the Bickle trade. It was. Uh, and I, can, I was going to pull it up, and I can tell you right here. Uh, he was like a throw-in piece to that trade. Yep. Because the, the focal point was Bickle. I knew that. And then, you know, you know, I hate I hate to see it, but you know he had the diagnosis and 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 it cut his career short. Um, but I was excited to get Toivo because it was kind of he was he was that piece of this guy has the he was their natures. I'll say that maybe not exactly, but it was this guy has a ton of talent. We just haven't seen him put it all together like we need him to. Here, take him a, as a piece. Yep, and for I a second and a third. That. That Steel. might that I would say that that is absolute robbery. Uh, I have a couple of, of friends uh, on Twitter who are very big Blackhawks fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to bring up that trade around them because they're still upset about it. Uh, five years, yeah, they're they're not very happy about that deal. Well, not they have a lot they see, to be upset yeah. about. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and yeah, they absolutely do. Uh, I'm gonna jump in with my uh, my depression and my hurricane. Uh, for me, my depression, and uh, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm looking at you, Brady Shea, not because, I mean, well, okay, partly because uh, you're the one that let the guy get to the front of the net and caught, wreaking havoc. The, defensively, that second goal with 14 seconds left, you can see walked. Brady Shea, yeah, he got he got beat to the net and it was just awful. Um, and I don't know if he's run out of gas or whatever, but Brady was on fire to start the season. And just like everyone else, just like everything we said on fire, playing well, great offensive opportunities, uh, jumping in. I, the, the times when they pick to pinch have been great, right? We're just not seeing the results now though. They're still they're still pinching at the right opportune times to cause havoc in the offensive zone, but defensively they're struggling a little bit. They're getting beat wide. They're like they're, they're they don't have the feet, and it's a long season, right? It's a long friggin' season, so you can understand there's wear and tear. And this is where we talked about earlier the injury bug. Are there lingering 
you know, nagging, not, not enough to take you out of the game, not enough that any player would want to be taken out of the game because everyone's got heart. They all want to play. They hate being laid out for a little while, right? Like that right. drives, drives them nuts. But uh, yeah, Brady, Brady Shea, he, he's my guy. I need to see uh, uh, an improvement a little bit everywhere, a little more accurate on his shots. I like when he pinches the defensively uh, he's paired up with Pesci on uh, every night. I think they're kind of a partnership that doesn't break very often. If any, Um, I need, I need more out of Brady Shea, my hurricane. um, It's uh, the low hanging fruit. I've said this before. The man plays a 200 foot game. He's outstanding. You took him as your storm. I'm taking him as a hurricane. As always, Sebastian Ajo, the man just, uh, there was a, a play in front of the net in the one game, a wraparound where the Islanders were almost scored and there were no defensemen in front of the net, none. There was one hurricane and it was Sebastian Ajo preventing the goal and clearing the puck uh, correctly moving the puck out of the zone well now he hasn't he hasn't been on a real scoring tear no one on the team has right but everything he does everything he does defensively his effort he's got he and he's he's a feisty guy too you watch him he's he's uh, angry seabass is is fearsome i mean uh, whether you're fishing or whether you're watching sebastian (laughs) aho an angry seabass is you know i mean that's great i mean i gotta tell you i i love him i love his effort i love everything about him what he does what he brings to the game and he continues doing it and we're gonna need to lean on him heavily especially in the playoffs our top line is gonna have to be great and i you know what and i'm going to give uh an honorary mention to seth jarvis who's put on the top line uh i love i love what he has done there and we said this last week brad i'm saying it again i really like that idea having him on the top line the re-entry um, of jarvis has been fantastic it has know, there been. was that there was that lull and then he sees time you know he hit the he hit the proverbial wall and then yep. there was that time on the fourth line and kind of where's the spot. And then it, I believe it was an injury that initially brought on, hey, let's get him up there. And then, but, and then when he came back into the lineup, it was fire from there. Yeah, it was straight again, fire. It's been fantastic. Straight fire. We're running out of time. I, let's I, uh, Just real quick, I, I can't wait to see Jarvis in a couple of years when he's got oh, 20 man. more pounds of muscle on him because the kid's oh, got Oh, man. He's, he's, he's 19. Got he's so he small. is 19. Seeing him now is fantastic. Oh, it's just unbelievable. I'm He's with you. just amazing. We're uh, like I said, we're running out of time. So we're going to very quickly uh, look at the tonight's contest. It's the ducks. This is a, this is a game that should be a victory. Look, the fans in the stands are going to get a treat because Zegras is something to watch. He, I mean, if you're, uh, you enjoy, we enjoy watching our hurricanes, but Zegras is outstanding. I mean, he is just electric every time he's on the ice. Where are we at, Sean? What do you think for a prediction tonight? Well, you're absolutely right. Zegras is the future of the league. If I could embody it, he's the future. But uh, I see a little 4-2 Hurricanes action, and and most of that is, um, you know, we tend to respond well after these games where they call themselves out. Hey, effort isn't where it was. We were gassed, et cetera, et cetera. The rebound game is usually good. So 4-2 4-2 win for the Canes tonight. I don't really ever see it being in jeopardy. I think they get the first goal, too, which is uh, becoming very rare. It sure is. Brad, sure. what do you think? Uh, I, I agree. I think the Hurricanes by two with an empty netter. I think the a Svechnikov special comes into play here. My real question for tonight is, it's Zegers and Svechnikov. What I, I I might look for who's going to do the Michigan Ooh. first? <laughs> I, I still call it the Svechnikov because he's the, the first Svech. NHLer to do it. <laughs> and they both, the now they've both done it twice, right? So, but do do we see the first Michigan, aka Svechnikov, move hat trick in the NHL? I uh, is one of these guys going to be the first person to three or? Could, could we see one from each? Like if I if I could really oh, hope would, for something, like, could be each of them do it once. Like, that would well, be great. That would be I, the uh, most amazing game. The reverse of that, I think you won't see either do it, and that's because they their team 
they're they're both on teams that have seen it in practice and in games, etc. I don't think either team is going to allow that to happen. Yeah, I, I play, they they have they, guys they read the playbook. Is, no, um, and and real quick, uh, this will be the last time the Hurricanes see Ryan Getzloff, who I believe is announced his retirement. Yes, he season. has. Um, great career. What an amazing career to that guy. So yeah. just a shout out to Ryan. Um, you know, big props Congr- to him. Con- congrats on a great, yeah, congrats Absolutely. on a great career for Ryan Getzloff and uh, a Saskatchewan boy. And uh, he is just something, I got to tell you, he, he's a guy I always uh, kind of pined for to have on. He's a guy that I think in, in every team in the NHL wanted a, a Ryan Getzlaff on Did their, you see on the their squad. Perry interview? I know. Oh, man. I'm not crying. You're crying. That's yeah, all I, I don't. That's all I got it. to say. To, we'll have to bring that one up. Two, two, pe- two peas in a pod for them. I'm going to make my prediction. I, I like. Uh, you know, I like a 4-1 win, and, and very much like you said, Sean, uh, uh, you know, woe be unto any team that has to play the Hurricanes at home after they stink up the joint. You know, like they're exactly. just not going to, you know, they're, they hold themselves to a higher standard. Rod holds them to a higher standard. Uh, in Rod, we trust, and certainly we trust our Hurricanes. We've talked about so much, Sean. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, You've been thank you for being here with fantastic us. Fantastic guest, man. Oh man, uh, you you're welcome to come back to the Storm Cellar anytime. Just like every guest that we have, yeah, they're always pleasure. willing to come back. But we would love to have you back again because this was amazing. Um, we've said so much, guys. Is there anything else left to say? Let's go, go Canes. Go Canes. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone, whether you're a caniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us via email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.